Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. to Amazing Avenue Audio, the official podcast of your SB Nation New York Mets site, Amazing Avenue. Believe it or not, we were going to record an episode tonight anyway, but then the Mets went out and signed Jay Bruce, so we have some stuff to talk about. So joining me, as always, is my friend and yours, Mr. Chris McShane. And uh, Chris, on a uh, on a, just a gut reaction level, how do you feel about this three-year, $39 million contract the Mets just tendered to Jay Bruce? Um... It's affordable. <laughs> is that is that the worst thing to say for for the initial reaction? I, I kind of had the same thought actually. <laughs> it, well, short term enough and cheap enough to right, be thir- good. Thirteen a year in twenty eighteen baseball terms is really not a lot of money. Um, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, Bruce has never been a player who really excited me too much when they, you know, when they first acquired him and certainly his first impression that he made wasn't spectacular, but, uh, he went out and, you know, played really well for the Mets, uh, in the time that he was with the team in 2017, 
Um, you know, I, I think it had come up when we spoke during the season that perhaps he's the type of player he just really clicked with um, the totally not changed baseball that Major League Baseball <laughs> rolled out. I think, what, uh, you know, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but how the ball actually plays this year will be one of the more interesting things to see. Um, you know, whether they stick with the one that they crafted for 2017 or try to go somewhere in between that and whatever they had been using previously. Uh, but it's all beside the point. Um, I mean, my biggest concern is forcing Michael Conforto to play center for an extended period of period of time. I kind of feel like that's not what they're going to do here. Now, maybe that's optimistic of me. Um, but I don't know. I, I that That's the only thing that concerns me. Um, 339 for a player is, um, even for the Mets, not really a lot of money. Yeah, I uh, I have some similar thoughts to you. I do just want to point out that you and I clearly need to be need to be uh, you know swept up by some team to work in the front office, as we predicted last off season that Bruce would be non tendered. <laughs> so we uh, we clearly know what we're talking about here. Oh yeah, <laughs> uh, just want to put that out there. But no, I um. I think this is a smart move for a couple of reasons. I don't think it's the best move the Mets could make, uh, and I'll get into that in just a minute, but I think it's a smart move because this is a few things. This protects them in case Conforto starts the year on the DL, gives them a viable corner outfield bat if Conforto cannot play for a while. When Conforto comes back, it gives them a viable first baseman, while certainly not defensively a superstar, a viable first baseman to uh, to play, especially if they're going to try and get Wilmer Flores some at-bats against lefties. That He could be a, a nice platoon mate. And you're not paying him so much that platooning him seems silly. You know, if, if he sits against two lefties a week, that's not the end of the world uh, in terms of salary. Uh, in addition... It gives you a chance that if Conforto, for whatever reason, does want to play center or can play more center, or Cespedes wants to or can play more center, you could do a uh, a Conforto-Cespedes-Bruce outfield, which is certainly one of the more offensively uh, prodigious outfields in the National League at this point. And um, beyond that, like we said, it's short-term and cheap enough that... It's not an albatross around this team's neck. You know, it, it, some of the details that have come out have said that every year, Bruce can craft a list of five teams that he will not be traded to. So that means that if things break really bad for the Mets or they get a really great offer, they can move him at any time. And because this is such a team-friendly contract, it seems like it wouldn't be that hard to move him if he's playing pretty decent baseball. Uh, it also says there's a $3 million signing bonus that's, hilariously split up over two seasons because apparently $3 million is beyond the pale for the Mets to pay out. Um, and uh, yeah, it, it just seems like a smart move while not the sexiest move or necessarily what I would do if I were GM and had, you know, a more concrete budget and all of that. 
I, I, I can't get too mad at the team for this move. Yeah, I, uh, I'm basically with you. I mean, it's, uh, I know people will point out that he was untradeable last year with one year and 13 million left. Um, you know, last off season, they couldn't get rid of him, wound up holding on to him worked out. Okay. Uh, you know, but given what they're faced with, they, I, I, the biggest, I think legitimate complaint is that he doesn't address a need that they specifically have, you know, he's not a starting pitcher. He's not a relief pitcher. He's not a second baseman, a third baseman or a center fielder. Um, but I think it's sort of this kind of insurance policy at two positions. You know, say Conforto takes longer to get back than we expect. He stays in right field for a longer period of time. Um, and if Conforto comes back early in the season or, or even earlier than that, uh, earlier than anybody expects, uh, you know, it, Bruce can try to hack it at first base. Uh, and of all the things that you might see the Mets try to do, having Bruce just be a first baseman is probably not the worst one. Um, I think it speaks to where they are on Dom Smith. Yeah, I was going to say, this This is a pretty damning indictment of their confidence in Dom Smith. Yeah. Like, it's the only way... And, and hey, maybe they'll acquire somebody else who, who also... Um, you know, primarily plays for us. But if this is the only thing they do uh, in the corner outfield first base market, um, I guess it's the nicest way that you can sign somebody who could replace him. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, to be fair, uh, Dominic Smith is not somebody who should be, you know, guaranteed the, the gig on opening day. It, you know, it's a little little premature for that. Yeah, um, absolutely. And, and and beyond that, I don't think that the worst, like you know, the worst case scenario here for for the Mets vis a vis Dom Smith is that he starts the year in AAA and is hitting the cover off the ball, and they need to find a place to put him because if he's doing poorly in AAA, no one's gonna be mad that Bruce is playing first base, and if he's playing well at AAA, and Bruce is playing poorly at first base, no one's going to be mad if he comes up and is the first baseman. The only way this breaks bad for the Mets, I mean, unless they're both absolutely terrible, is if they're both hitting really well. Right. And that would be a nice problem to have. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. I mean, for me, it's just I don't want to see Conforto playing center field for three years just because they brought Bruce back. Like that's that's the only thing I get hung up on, and I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. Yeah, I mean, hey, if if there's one thing that we should all have learned by this point, uh, you know, fantasizing about the positional logjam that you have when everybody is healthy is foolish, mm -hmm. uh, and you can just kind of assume somebody will be hurt and not just because they're the Mets. I know that they have a, you know, a special talent in that regard, but uh, um, any team really is not going to have a hundred percent healthy roster uh, most of the time. So yeah, I'm, 
overall on board, and and that's as somebody who's never been the biggest Jay Bruce backer. Um, you know, it's been kind of fun to watch uh, some of the reactions on on Mets Twitter, as it always is. Oh yeah, I will say, and this is it. It, it applies less in the, in the case of Bruce, but uh, you know we there had been the report that Bruce and Reed were both on the Mets radar. Uh, I know people were hung up on the Mets bringing back only players that had been on the team before uh, last off season. And obviously Bruce is somebody who, uh, who fits that this year, but you know, when, when guys are free agents and I say this mostly with Reed, uh, it doesn't matter at all. Um, and it applies to Bruce too. It doesn't matter at all where they played last year or for the last several years, you know, it matters what kind of player they're going to be, what kind of person they're going to be, uh, and how they fit in the team over the next couple of years. So, you know, I, I get it. I get why people want to see something new just because they see it as change and something different that could, that could work better. Um, but if the Mets go get Addison Reed right now, that would be a really good move. <laughs> right. Regardless of his status as a former Met. Right. Yeah. Well, I guess it's a good place to shift to right now. So we are, you know, shockingly close to pitchers and catchers reporting. You know, we're, we're something like five weeks away from, from the start of spring training. And, you know, the Mets still have a fair amount of needs out there. Well, I mean, I guess depending how you're looking at this, I would say they have a fair amount of needs ahead of them still. And so, you know, we kind of have to start figuring out what what the Mets are going to focus on or if they're done for the offseason, which I would really hope is not the case, or, you know, who's a long shot, who's a lock. Do you have any gut feelings about... Well, I guess we'll start just talking sort of generally about positions, about what the Mets have to do before the start of the season? Uh, so, yeah, to me, it's um, it, it's pitching. And, you know, it doesn't sound like the team is really on the same page at all. But I think it would be foolish to go into the season thinking that you have the ideal five-man rotation of, uh, you know, DeGrom, Syndergaard, Harvey, Mats, Wheeler – one, uh, you know, that you're going to have all five of those guys at any given time, which has not happened yet. Um, two, that even if you have that to begin the season, that it will be a healthy and productive rotation over the course of a full season. And uh, and three, what was three? I don't remember what three was. <laughs> This all sounded really good two seconds ago. Uh, I guess for three, I would say that uh, it was sort of ties in with this, the last part of what I just said is, is part of two. Um, but even if these guys all maintain health, what are you getting? You know, is it is it bad Matt Harvey, decent Matt Harvey, uh, you know, the return to the past ace level Matt Harvey, I, I, I think it's probably one of the, the first two options. Um, but these guys weren't good 
uh, you know, Syndergaard was obviously he barely pitched because of the the lat injury, and uh, and Degrom, you know, I know the run environment sort of changed in the game, but Degrom wasn't quite his dominant self. I, I know he had a a really solid season, and I it's it's funny coming off the year he posted his highest ERA. I'm the most comfortable and confident that he, he's a great pitcher. I doubted him when he, you know, after his first and second seasons that he was really that good. And now, uh, you know, the ERA goes up and I'm like, oh, he's fine. He's he's an ace. Um, but, yeah, it's it's starting pitching. I really think it's something they need to add. Um, and I really think it's something they won't. So... What that I'm, concerns me. What I'm shocked by is, and again, there is still five and a half weeks, whatever, to do this. I'm shocked there haven't even been many minor league contracts turned out to starters. Because Lord knows there's plenty of players out there right now in need of a contract. And in years past, we've seen them give out, you know, minor league deals to your Tommy Malones and, uh, you know, folks like that. And you would think that the Mets will be doing that if if only to try and find the next R.A. Dickey or to find the next AAA fodder. It doesn't really matter. What matters is is having options for your team. Yeah. Yeah, and I know we touched on it, but like when it, it there was uh, the report, it may have just been a tweet even, but about Bartolo Colon being open to a minor league deal only if it came from the Mets. You snapped that shit up. Right. Just do it. There's no harm, you know? I, I, it's it's nice to dream about the ideal rotation, and, you know, maybe they're high on Rafael Montero after he finally showed some signs of Major League uh, success late in the season. Um, maybe they think Gazelman and Lugo are going to fare better than they did last year, and they're all fine as depth, but... Man, I'd much rather have a couple extra guys around who who you could slot into a rotation and say, you know, hey, this could work. Um, and even if Cologne is as bad as he was last season, that's still a useful AAA arm. Right. And, you know, whether or not he would stick around if he didn't make the major league roster, I don't know. Oh, but I, I it, doubt he would, But but from a... Just if you're going to spend the money, you have to be open to the idea that he might stick around. And if he sticks right. around, that's fine. If he doesn't stick around, that's fine too. Who cares? It's a minor league contract. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's nothing to lose. Uh, just my mind, Chris. Just my <laughs> mind. Uh, I guess for me, since you talked about the pitching, I, I do think the Mets need to address... Uh, another infielder uh, and I'm, I'm open to whether this would be a a uh, second baseman or a third baseman I, I think second baseman is more likely even though maybe paradoxically I think Azubo Cabrera will be a much better second baseman than third baseman um, but it seems like they are targeting a second baseman and I, I understand that I suppose um, I think that well, I really like Wilmer Flores, and I've been on the Wilmer Flores should play more train for years now. I think the Mets really see him as your super sub, you know, uh, lefty masher, 
type player, not as a, a guy who's going to play every day. And so if that's the case, you need somebody to play second base or third base, wherever, as Dribble Cabrera is not playing. Um, you know, the Mets have been linked to both Jason Kipnis and uh, Josh Harrison. It appears that Harrison is the more likely one now. And uh, recently there's been talks of the Mets trying to get both Harrison and Andrew McCutcheon. Um, you'd have to think that that's done now, right? There's really no room in this team for Jay Bruce and Andrew McCutcheon? Yeah, probably not. I mean, if you were going to get him, he's only got a year left on his deal. Um, but at that point, you'd be saying Jay Bruce is playing for a space, you know, every day. Yeah. I think. Uh, and, you know, hey, I could uh, I could be on board with that. Oh, yeah. But it's not happening. Yeah. Um, but I think that a Josh Harrison would be a, a good a good fit for them. I don't know at that point what the Pirates are looking for. I know I know that there have been uh, there have been a couple of of sort of rumored uh, potential deals out out there, but none of them have been super clear about what the Pirates want to get from the Mets. If you had to guess what it took to get to get a Josh Harrison. What would you think? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's hard to even say, isn't it? Like, yeah, the market's like, he's so a, weird. And he's a hard uh, player, too. Right, and you have to factor in that the Pirates just tend to give guys away. Right. Um, they, I don't know, they are not known for their marvelous returns and trades. Um, he's making a little more money than I thought at, you know, 10 million, uh, for this year. And there's got an option with a cheap buyout. Um, and he, he's solid, but he's not a great player. So with that amount of money and where the pirates are, you know, they almost traded Cole this morning. Uh, and then obviously something fell apart. Uh, I, I don't think that was just nothing considering it was coming from, you know, national baseball writers who typically break news right? Uh, uh, that he was almost traded. But, yeah, uh, I mean, the Mets got Neil Walker for John Neese. I feel like the Yankees have gotten players off the Pirates yeah. where they, you know, really didn't have to give up all that much. Um, so I, I don't know the name in the Mets system, but it kind of feels like it should just be somebody, not anyone who you would lose any sleep over. I could see it being a uh, Seth Lugo plus or a Gazelman plus a, a, a low-level prospect. Hmm. Even that that seems a little high. I mean, you might be right. I I, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, who knows? Look at look at how little the Mets got for anyone they traded last season. Right. I and I just feel like Harrison, he, he had a very nice season last year, but I feel like there's not a lot of demand considering his overall track record. Because to me, if the Mets were to do that, I think you can pretty much stop worrying about the, not worrying about the offense. I'm always going to worry about the offense. I think you can stop worrying about having to address a major offensive move this offseason. Would you agree with that, that if Harrison came in at this point, that would more or less do it for the Mets offense this uh, offseason? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I would think so. I mean, I'd love to be surprised with something gigantic, but I am, you know. What would that certain... even be at this point? 
Uh, like I mean, something crazy. <laughs> Trading for somebody on a superstar level. Um, you know, Machado, uh, for instance. That that's not happening. I'm not. I'm not suggesting it's even realistic. <laughs> but it's something of that nature. Um, to use one of Sandy Alderson's favorite phrases. Yeah. What about uh, what about the talks of Todd Frazier possibly being on the Mets radar? How would you feel about uh, Jersey Boy Todd Frazier coming over? Uh, I'd be fine with it. Um, you know, I mean, he'll have to sit on the bench when David Wright has his miraculous comeback <laughs> and his 30 home runs and wins the you know comeback player of the year award and all that. <laughs> At that point, he'd be comeback player of the millennium. Yes. Uh, but, yeah, no, uh, it, it's it's funny. I think it, Mets fandom is such a strange place uh, that that's not exactly breaking news. But um, with him specifically, I feel like people were pining for him for such a long time. Uh, and I think a lot of those same people were hating on Lucas Duda. So now I think there's sort of a perception that Lucas Duda defenders hate Todd Frazier, which doesn't really make any sense no. because they're very similar players. Duda's, I think, objectively speaking, a better hitter. Um, but they kind of do the same sorts of things. And, you know, people over the years have been pointing out basically that, well, oh, if you hate Lucas Duda, you're, you might not like Todd Frazier as much as you think you do. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, it would be fine. Um, you know, they, they certainly have cornered the market on old white guys. Huh. Yeah. Who are uh, in Boston? <laughs> the Jay Bruce and, uh, and Todd Frazier, you know, if they grew a little facial hair would probably not look too different, different from, uh, Kevin Euclid. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> that is true. I think you're going to say from us, because we're old, like, oh. we're getting old, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, to be clear, I just called two guys who are, well, wait, how, how old's Frazier? I think they're both younger than I am. I'm 35. Okay. Yeah, I'm 33. Yeah, they're both younger. Frazier's yeah. only 31. In my defense, Frazier looks older than 31. Oh, Fr- Frazier could be my uncle. You know? Yeah. <laughs> but... Yeah, yeah. Bruce is, uh, is he 30 or 31? I, I know he's, he's one of those. Yeah, he's he's thirty. He'll be thirty-one in in April, just a week after opening day or so. Since we're starting the season in March for some reason this year. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'll tell you how pissed I am. I'm going to be in Florida. What would traditionally be the last weekend of spring training? Uh, <laughs> all right. I, I I don't know if you did. Yeah, but, I, I I like that wasn't part of the calculus for the trip. But we're going to be in Florida that weekend. I was like, oh great, I'll go to a I'll drive across the state to St. Lucie for uh, for a game when I'm down there, like the last weekend of spring training. Nope, season's already started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, and just a weird, weird year. Yeah. Um, what, what I will say about Frazier is I, I feel like the problem with with Frazier at this point is one of the things I, I have been saying about Todd Frazier, which is that if you sign Frazier and Wright does make a miraculous comeback, or more than likely, Frazier's back starts to act up on him for years right. of playing third base, you could move him over to first base 
on a, you know if he's there on a four or five year deal, you know if the if the year is three, four, and five, he's playing first base, it's not a big deal. Well, if you have Jay Bruce for three years, that means that more than li- I I think it's more than likely that Jay Bruce is playing more first base and outfield for the duration of this contract, and so it's kind of hard to have Frazier do the same thing. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I mean, there's just an element, it, you know, if you're talking to like this level of money, then that's somebody who you could turn into a part-time player, hopefully without thinking about it too much. Right. But we'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> I, I think aside from a, uh, I mean, I would love to see the Mets sign a starting pitcher or two to minor league deals. I would love to see them sign another bullpen piece or two. Um, but I, I, I kind of feel like unless they trade for a second baseman, this is pretty much it for the offseason. What do you think? Hmm. I do think they will add more in the bullpen as much as they like to act like it's not necessary. Uh, I don't know if it'll be anybody significant, but there's still a lot of guys out there. I I don't know. Maybe I'm just wishing for it. <laughs> but but yeah, I think even if they do nothing else, they can get one or two other guys who are um, major league caliber arms, uh, especially if the rest of the free agent market continues to be this slow. It seems like there's only... I don't know how this is possible, but it seems like there is no need... That none of the 30 teams have need for any of the free agents that are out there somehow. Like, yeah. I remember, you know, in 2006, 2007, it seemed like there was always a position where every team would overpay for one of those because they needed it. You know? Right. And this year, it seems like nobody's overpaying for anything. I don't know how that's possible. Yeah. I mean, somebody pointed out uh, this evening that the Jay Bruce signing was the second most guaranteed amount of money given to a position player so far this winter. Who was the first? Uh, Carlos Santana with the Phillies. Yeah, wow. That's crazy. So, yeah, that's... um, I don't know if it's just the calm before the storm because next offseason is the Harper Machado one. That's a good question. I don't know. But, yeah. Man, I just don't know. Um, yeah, but the the wish list is obviously another infielder, um, a starting pitcher, a relief pitcher, or two. Um, I think I asked for five at the start of the offseason, so my demands are down to three now. <laughs> uh, and I may even be accepting two by the time it's over. Um yeah, I mean, so much of it, and I, I think Bruce doesn't really move the needle too much um, in this sense. But the season is still very dependent upon the team's pitching finding itself. Yes. Um, and I think that will still be the case. Like, even if you add, um, you know, Let's just say Josh Harrison and Todd Frazier 
and I know that's more than they would probably add since they have a struable, but and no money, right? So even if, but everything goes okay on offense. I think your best case scenario for this offense is probably middle of the pack. So you still need the pitching to be really good to succeed. Um. So yeah. I mean the 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 dream is uh what uh, let's not go with any completely unrealistic trade but I'll I'll be completely unrealistic with money the dream would be Darvish uh who's the best position player left out there Mustakis I guess I don't love him Ooh. but you know and no no I <laughs> I'm with you on the booing <laughs> but that they would have the ability to go out and and get guys um, at positions of need who would have to be paid some significant amount of money and add them to this team. And then you can go, all right, you know, this team should be in the mix no matter what. And if things break right, they should be really, really good. Um, you know, I think we're going into it more with the maybe 500-ish expectations. Uh, maybe that might even be optimistic for some. But uh, and then if everything goes right, they're in the wild card mix. Um, you know, maybe flirting with the division if the Nationals turn out to be bad. The Nationals being bad is something that I never write off because that's an odd team. It is. I mean, there's a lot to like, but it's not impossible to imagine them falling apart. Yeah. Uh, and I know that's a Mets fan perspective, but yeah, you know, it's like, did they get ace like performances or career years out of all their starting pitchers or, or several of them at least again, you know, that, that, that's probably not going to happen. Um, You know, Matt Wieters was terrible and picked up his player option because, of course, he did. Uh, you know, they get Adam Eaton back. That's that's a significant boost. But Trey Turner wasn't really good, uh, you know, as somebody who had a ton of hype. Uh, and then, obviously, Bryce Harper is one of the best players in the game. Scherzer is one of the best pitchers in the game. But I don't know. It, it's... You're not looking at it. I think, in a way, the Yankees roster looks more intimidating than the Nationals. Oh, absolutely. Um, Even if the Yankees are significantly less impressive pitching-wise. Right. And obviously, that's their potential downfall. Uh, and then they've got some spots in their lineup that are a little weak. They just have a core that's um, mildly scary, I would say. <laughs> uh, but, but, yeah, it's... I mean, it's it's a spot where the division. I'm not convinced the Phillies or Braves will be any good yet. Uh, we all, I think, this will finally be the first year that there's not going to be a single piece about. Hey, the Marlins are actually going to be good this year. Nope, the Marlins are going to be garbage. Yeah, the, like the Marlins should lose a hundred. The question should be how many more than a hundred will they lose? Right. Especially if the rightfully uh, discontent players that are on that roster right now wind up getting traded 
Like Starling Castro, for instance? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Yelich, Real Muto, Starling Castro. It's funny. We didn't even bring him up. I, I have no interest. Um, I never had interest when he was a Cub. I think he was overrated. Uh, I know Joe DeMeo was pointing out on Twitter today that uh, Castro really benefited from Yankee Stadium. And you try not to read too much into home road splits, but they were drastic, both of those two seasons. So, yeah. If, if it's a trade, I'd take Josh Harrison. Yeah, I think I would too. Um, so my my ultimate wish list here is uh, that the Mets somehow acquire both Josh Harrison and Christian Yelich. There you go. And uh, ensign the Bay Twins, R.A. Dickey and uh, Bartolo Colon to minor league deals. They pick up a competent bullpen piece and they win 100 games. That's it. There you go. 20 of those are Dickey <laughs> wins, much like in 2000 and uh, in 2012. Well, 20 of those are Dickey wins. Yeah, I think the weirdest thing with this offseason, obviously the primary one is just that so many guys are unsigned. But you go and look, and like the vast majority of them haven't had a rumor written about them since November 15th or something, you right. know? Yeah, yeah. Like the offseason started, oh, everybody's tied to something or other or whatever. And then just uh, radio silence, you know? I mean, it was sleepy winter meetings. It was, uh, man, this has really been one not for the record books. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, hey, Jay Bruce is back. Yeah. Let's hope he's good again. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, any other Mets-related news or information we want to pass along to the folks? Uh, just to keep an eye out, we'll probably have the ARG organized and something up on the site in the relatively near future. Uh, for the uninitiated, the Amazing Avenue Regional Gathering here. Uh, probably somewhere in Midtown, so it's nice and accessible to people from you know all over the Mets fan area of the country. Um, there, there's been talk of, uh, we'll give some, t- some teases here. There's been talk of it being at a bar named after a U2 album. Yes. Yeah. Which is a weird place for that to be. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, so we'll see you all at all that you can't leave behind. For uh, <laughs> for the arg, that's a, that's a bad joke. Two people will get um, vertigo. <laughs> something something where the streets have no name. Uh, but yeah, that that's coming up probably in February, maybe the end of January, maybe the beginning of March, but probably February. Yeah. Um, what else? Let's see. Uh, are we gonna be? Uh, do we have anything planned for uh, for the podcast for spring training? Do we want to try and do a uh, maybe uh, talk to some other folks around the division? Yeah, 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 yeah. There's been <laughs> at some point we'll, we'll we'll bring some guests back into the picture, so you can look forward to that. Yeah, 
sort of, uh, you know, time just passed. But there's a couple of writers who, who I think will be on sometime in the near future. Yeah. Um, so I look forward to that. They've both been on the show before, uh, but there's nothing wrong with that. Nope. Um, if you were swayed by our music picks, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard just announced the U.S. tour. Yes. I already have tickets. Do you really? <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. I didn't even think they were on sale yet. My goodness. Oh, yeah, there was an American Express pre-sale today. They're on sale on Friday. But, yes, uh, as as they as one of the radio has, hosts in Australia called them, uh, King Giz will be playing at Brooklyn Steel. Uh, if you like music, uh, you'd be foolish not to attend I've only been promoting them on this podcast for two years now. Yeah. <laughs> but I yeah. Uh, I don't know which is more on brand for us. You already having King Gizzard tickets or me special ordering the new Breeders album on vinyl so I could get the limited edition 7-inch that has them covering a Mike Nesmith song. Nice. That's pretty good. I I, I might have to check that out myself as well. And uh, yeah, if, you know... The Breeders, who are also playing Brooklyn Steel. Yes, but also the Capitol Theater. Yes, I think I'm going to try and go to the Cap Show. Yeah, same here. Oh, we should go to good. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah. I will join the group. Uh, well, I mean, right now the group is three people. My wife, my cousin, and me. Uh, okay. But, but by all means, join the group. And if you, if you know, if you want to real-life stalk us as a listener, <laughs> uh, which has totally never happened before, Never. Uh, you know, you can, as long as we get tickets, find us at the Capitol Theater in uh, April, May. It's right around the turn of the month. I think yeah, it's May. I think it's, technically. I think it's May, yeah. yeah. Um, and we can check on the Mets and Braves score on our phones together because we'll still care about the results of every game at that point of the season, no matter what. That is true. That is true. And, uh, yeah, so we can check in and, and, you know, take turns with the baseball stuff and uh, and, and really – Enjoy the breeders, and I, 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 they may have put out another song. They did recently, because I heard the first one and I was like, "Whoa, that was really good." Yeah, um, stay in the car. Yeah, yeah, yes. So yeah, that's uh, that's something I'm looking forward to. I was bummed to miss their Bowery show in Same. the fall, but Same. I, I haven't seen. So this is the, uh, for those that aren't aware, this is sort of their classic lineup that re- recorded Last Splash, which is their biggest hit. But they had a really good lineup in the uh, in the sort of aughts with a couple of the guys who were in the band Fear back in the day, and uh, I love those two records a lot, Title TK and Mountain Battles. I saw them on the Mountain Battles tour, but I haven't seen this lineup live yet, so I'm very excited about this. Yeah, yeah, it'll be a good one. And uh, at, you know, as those things are all happening, Slater Kenny uh, news comes out that they're putting out a new record. So, yep. you know, January tenth. 2018 was a very good music news day. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, let's see. Anything else going on? No, that's probably about it. It's funny. Uh, I, I feel like in years past, we've had to like shoehorn outside Mets things into the podcast, but there's so little that's been happening for the Mets. It's not hard to shoehorn all this other stuff. Yeah, no, not at all. Um, there are some other good shows coming up for sure, but we'll, we'll, we'll save a couple for each week. Um, you know, if, if we get lucky, we can do a one Mets player acquisition in, in two shows. In two shows? I'm cool with that, yeah. Yeah. Hey, if the Mets acquire one more player 
per week between now and the start of spring training, they might be onto something. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, they could all be, uh, you know, terrible, terrible players. Well, yeah. But at least we'll have something to talk about. <laughs> well, that is certainly true. And so uh, until then, you can find uh, us on Twitter. Chris is at Chris McShane. I'm at Brian Needs a Nap. You can find this show, the one you're listening to right now, in your earbuds or in your car or at your desk if you work someplace cool. I don't know. Um, you can find us on blogtalkradio.com blog or Apple Podcasts or Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. That does help us out quite a bit. And we would appreciate it if you did that. Um, you can email the show, podcast at amazingavenueaudio.com. We would love to talk more about Mets or music or both or neither with you. So send us an email. And, uh, of course, amazingavenue.com is your source for all things Mets. There's not even any question at this point that we uh, that we should be, you know, your first stop in the morning for Mets-related news. Uh, and for all news, really, because what's more important than... Uh, the Las Vegas 51s having a new manager. <laughs> yes. So, until next time, uh, let's go Mets.